Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. All right, who's awake this morning? Who, who are the coffee drinkers in the house? Okay, I need to know who's like one cup of coffee and who's like two plus cup of coffee. All right, the two plus, you're ready. You've had your coffee. You're ready to amen, right? You're ready to be engaged. And you can just tell the, you're, you've all actually come awake because that, that worship was red hot. Can we give the worship team a hand? Awesome. Well, I am so honored to be here. And like Pastor Miles said, um, the Sisterhood Conference, they kicked off, PCC kicked off the first Sisterhood Conference, and it was incredible. And I just think we need to give your lead pastors a hand because the weekend was incredible. And you can just sense the presence of the Lord here, and God is moving in a powerful way. Can we show appreciation to your amazing, amazing leaders? They're so anointed. And I, I've, I've been here like 48 hours and I'm like, I don't want to leave. Truthfully, and this is an honest statement, I'm not just saying this, okay? Because you can be like, well, people can say things. If I lived in this area, I'd go to this church. I would be at this church because there is, you can sense the presence of God. You are blessed, blessed, blessed. The Lord is moving and he's doing, I believe he's doing a fresh work here. I believe that, um, Honestly, the best days of this church are ahead that think of the verse, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for those who love him. And I believe that you haven't even seen, I know some of you, the church is going to be celebrating a hundred years soon, which is so amazing for all those who have labored in the past and sowed and toiled. But I believe that you haven't seen anything yet, that God, yes, praise the Lord, right? Can we give him praise for that? But, and I know some of you are new. I know that, you know, God is bringing new people. There's people who have been apart for a while, and then there's new people and coming together and continuing to pave a road for what the Lord has. But, um, you know, it's just beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see what God is doing and the generations that are represented in this church. I love that the youth are down front. Go youth, awesome. The next generation, and, but God is on the move and exciting things are, are coming for this church. So I just encourage you, buckle up. Buckle up and lean in and say, man, if God's called me to this church, I'm going to jump in with both feet. I'm not going to just kind of participate. I'm not just going to kind of sit on the sidelines. No, I'm going to be a part of the family because the church of God is a family. And so um, exciting things are happening. So I'm going to have to just like figure out a way to come back and see what God's doing. But I really do love Portland. This is my very first time to Oregon. My, I um, have somewhat of a connection to Oregon because my, my aunt and uncle, they were youth pastors and associate pastors at a church that um, actually doesn't, doesn't, I asked them the name of the church and they're like, it doesn't exist now. But um, they were, they lived here for about 15 years in um, the 90s and the early 2000s and then moved to be on staff with us at James River. But they have such fond memories. But I just love this, this city. I've fallen in love. And Pastor Mayel took us to a really great restaurant. I was like, okay, food. I love food. And I know that Portland is a foodie city. And so we went and we went to a couple different restaurants while we were here. 
And I was like thinking about my food yesterday, everything I ate. Every single meal I ate incorporated goat cheese. Anyone a goat cheese lover? I was like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're my people. You're my people. I, I have gained a love for goat cheese. But honestly, my family, we just love cheese. And so during the holiday season, we have, like, it's a common thing for Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas, which I'm so excited are coming up. But uh, yes, yes, holiday season. But we have, like, charcuterie boards, and we are, like, on the hunt for the rarest cheese. Like, we're like, okay, we're going to find. We went to, I don't know if you guys have heard of Hy-Vee, but it's, like, our, like, fancier uh, grocery store in Springfield. We, it's a small town, so you kind of have to find what you can find around there. But um, there was, like, a food. She, or she was a cheese connoisseur. She went to, like, took classes to understand cheese. I didn't know people did that. But I was like, tell me all the things. I must know. So we got, like, all these different kind of cheeses. And you're like, wow, I didn't come to church to hear about cheese. But you are hearing about cheese. So, um, but, <laughs> but what I love about charcuterie boards is, like, they keep getting, like, continuously restocked. You know? You're like, oh, there's more. Oh, okay, there's more. Like, you can take a plate, and it's not bad to go back, like, three more times to a charcuterie board. Like, there's no shame in that. And I'm like, yes, hallelujah, because I'm a snacker. I'm, like, less of a, like, a big meal person. I just like grace. I, I, I love snacks, and so I love charcuterie board. It's, like, it's, it's where it's at for me because there's more. And when I think about that, like, I think about, like, the, the series you're in, too, because, you know, I love with God that he's never, like, one and done with us. He's never like, okay, you came to church, I met you, you know, you're done, you've reached your capacity, like, I'm done with you, I don't have any more to do in your life, I don't have any more to give you. No, he's like, keep feasting, keep coming back to the table. You, I met you last Sunday, I met you this week, okay, you might think you're done. No, 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 I have more for you. Or you might think, man, I'm done, I have, I'm, you know, in my 60s, I'm in my 70s, you know, God's used me in the past, but, you know, I, I might just sit out. And God's like, nope, no sitting out. I have more for you. That is God's heart, that he continually has more for us, that he continually wants to, he wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. You know, I grew up AG, my parents are AG pastors, so I, I, I know about the Holy Spirit. But I have to say, in the past Three years, God has changed my perspective of the Holy Spirit. I got, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 19. I actually prayed for many, many years to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he did, God baptized me at this sweet little women's retreat. And um, I, I remember the night that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I was like, great, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Let's keep going through life, you know, and, and that's, let's just keep going. But I didn't realize that God actually wanted to continually fill me full of his Holy Spirit. I didn't have an understanding that daily, actually daily, God wants to give you a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in your life. Daily. That's so amazing to think about, that he wants to, to pour out his Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is so essential to the life of the believer that before Jesus descended into heaven, that was something he camped out on, that topic, with his disciples he was like, you know, I have a call of God on your life. I have a purpose for your life. And they had been doing ministry with Jesus for three years. That's a long time. But God had more for them. And so what Jesus tells them before, they, before he ascends, he says this. He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is a promise. It's a promise. Some of you are like, I... 
you know, I don't, I don't know about the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure. It's a promise. It's, it's actually a gift. It's a good thing. Which he had said, okay, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. You know, some of you, and probably actually the majority of you, have heard about water baptism. But you know, there's a second baptism. Water baptism is essential for every believer. It's actually the first command when you get saved to get water baptized. So I just encourage you, if you have not been water baptized, ask Pastor Nate and Mayel, say, what do I need to do? How do I get baptized? That's so important. But there's a second baptism. And the Greek word for baptism is baptizo. Everyone say baptizo. Good job. You just, that's a Greek word. Way to go. It means to dip or immerse. It means to be drenched in. You know, when you get water baptized, you're like completely, the biblical way of water baptism is to be completely immersed in water. That's how God wants us to live with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to drip with the Holy Spirit. Not just a one and done, like, man, I I got dunked in the Holy Spirit, great, I'm good. Like, I remember when I was at church camp, I got filled. No, like, to just continually, because the truth of the matter is, we, we leak, like we can get filled with the Holy Spirit, but we're human. It's going to like drain out of us and we need more, you know. We need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be immersed on a daily, daily basis with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, and this Jesus continues with talking to the disciples about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What is the, why is it so important to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be immersed in the presence of God? Why is it important to daily cultivate that more and, and to lean into God? Because there's a power that comes upon our life when we're, we're totally immersed. It's like being clothed in the power of God. He just like totally immerses. It's no longer us. It's him operating through us. And that was God's heart for the disciples. And if the disciples needed it, how much more do you and I need it? That God desires that we would operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word, I I like to like kind of dig in to like, okay, what is the meaning behind this? I like to kind of know. There's so much depth in scripture. If you study scripture, there's like treasure, friends. There's like treasure. So I just encourage you, dig into the word. If you're like, I don't know how to interpret this. There's like so many commentaries online. Go ask Pastor Nate and Mael. They, they can answer questions. They're awesome Bible scholars right here. You are. I, I know you are. And um, just dig into the word. But the word, um, the Greek word for power is dunamis. Dunamis. And it is, we get our word Dynamite. Dynamite. So it's not some just like a little power source that God's talking about. It's not like I'll just give you a, a little power. No, he wants to fill you with his dynamite, his dynamic power that your walk with the Lord would be explosive. That your walk with the Lord would be so anointed and so powerful. We can sometimes think, well, that's just for pastors. That's just for evangelists. No, you know what? This is for everyone. Everyone, and it's so amazing that the God of the universe is not like, I'm just going to hold my power. I'm just going to keep my power. No, he's a generous God, and he's like, 
I know that that power can change your life. And I know that it's the hope of the world, that the power of God through you is not gonna just change you, but it's gonna change the world around you. And I want to place my power in you. Amazing. The God who created the heavens and the earth, he, he spoke the, the world into existence. Just like that. He's like, I want that same power in you. You know, you have authority when you're clothed in the power of God. There's, there's an authority and an anointing because you're not operating on your own ability, your own strength. You're operating in the power of God. You don't have to be super smart. You don't have to be super gifted, which I believe you guys all are. But you know what? We can look at our inadequacies and we say, God can't use me because of this, this, and this. And the truth of the matter, that's a lie. It's not up to any of us to carry out the mission of God that God has for us. It's up to his power at work within us. And the apostle Paul talks about the power of God, the dunamis power, and he says this in Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power, his dunamis that is at work within us. His power is at work within us. So I want to talk about when we are clothed in power, what happens to us? What does that look like? Because you can be like, man, that's really awesome, like operating power, but what does that look like? And why do I need to operate in that power? And the first thing is, there's a power for boldness. When you look throughout scripture and people, the disciples, when they get clothed in power, they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they are changed. Are there any introverts here today? Any introverts? I'm a natural introvert, and I'm a learned extrovert. That's exactly what I say. And, um, you know, so I'm like, and I, um, there's some friends that pastor a church here in town, and they were my youth pastors. And so I got to meet up with them and Pastor, well, pastor Matt and Sarah Blankenship. Some of you know them. And they're at Life Church doing a great job, but they're my youth pastors. And so I haven't seen them in a little while. And I was like, have I changed, Pastor Matt? And he knew me as a very, like, shy high schooler. And I'm just so thankful for what, how God can change us that it's not that we don't have to be limited by our personality. But when the power of God comes on us, we can be doing things that we wouldn't normally want to do. We can be, like, you know, being stretched in ways that we wouldn't want to normally be stretched. And when you look at the disciples, that's exactly what happened to them. Guess what? After Jesus had been arrested, they pretty much all deserted him. They had hung out with him for three years. They had seen him do all these miracles. But they deserted him. And they ended up locking themselves in a room. These, these men who, like, Jesus had, like, spoke over, prophesied over, had said, you know, like, I'm going to build my church through you. Guess what? Jesus is crucified. And they're like, oh, my goodness, our life is falling apart. And they were so afraid that what happened to him would happen to them, that they locked themselves in a room. And Jesus ended up, in order to appear to them, he had to go through the wall. <laughs> Be like, hi, guys, I actually did what I said I would do. Here I am. And they, were, they thought he was a ghost. They were like so terrified. I mean, that's not bold, right? That's not bold. Jesus was probably like, oh, hi, yi, yi. Come on, we got to send the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Help these people. But, you know, that's how we in our human nature are. We so easily are fickle. We so easily are fearful. And Jesus understood that. And I love that Jesus wasn't like, yeah, that's who they are. We'll just leave them like that. And he's like, no, there's a power to bring about a supernatural boldness so that the same guys who were locking themselves in a room, afraid and fearful, they actually became world changers for Jesus. 
The Bible says that they actually flipped the world around. They actually changed the spiritual climate of the world and the gospel went forth because of these mighty men of God, but it was because of the power of boldness, the Holy Spirit that came upon them. And Peter, after receiving, like soon after, it was the day he received the Holy Spirit. There was 120 in the upper room who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was like, there was just lots of sound and noise coming from the room where they were, where they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And people started to gather in Jerusalem around the room. Like thousands and thousands of people. Because God moved in such a profound way. It was affecting the city. And people were like, we want to know what's going on. We want to know what's going on. They, they actually thought they were drunk, the 120 who had gathered to receive the Holy Spirit. Because like the move of God is so crazy and amazing. And so Peter, the guy who was fearful just not long before, he actually gets up in front of thousands and thousands of people, and he preaches a sermon, and he's not afraid. He doesn't run. He's not like, oh, what do we do? He's like, nope, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to share the gospel to this huge, ginormous crowd. Guess how many people were saved? Three thousand people came to know Jesus, and the early church was birthed that day. And I think about what Jesus said. He said, on this rock, he said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church. He spoke that over to Peter, and then Peter that day saw that prophecy starting to take, take shape. And I just want to encourage you that just like God used Peter and gave him a boldness, that God wants to give you a supernatural boldness. That it's not in your own strength, and your own power, and your own intelligence. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. Peter, Peter wasn't. He had been with Jesus, but there was a lot of stuff he didn't know. And it was the Holy Spirit that came upon him and, and anointed in him and gave him boldness. And I believe that if we say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit, he's going to place us in positions and opportunities to speak with a boldness and authority. Maybe in your workplace. Maybe in your school, teenagers. And who knows where he's going to bring you. But I believe that he wants to infiltrate Portland with his power. And he wants you to be a bold mouthpiece for him. Not shrinking back, but saying, God, I'm going to speak for you. And as you do that, you're going to see. Like, people come to know Jesus. You're going to see supernatural things. And that actually leads me into point two, a power to witness. Because Peter wasn't just bold. He wasn't just like, man, I'm bold. I'm bold. I'm a, you know, Peter was fiery. I love that. He was like, has a fieriness to him. And it was kind of rough before Jesus, but then Jesus helped him. He like, but we need all types of people. But he was fiery. But you know, there was a, a witness, a power to witness. Witness, actually, when you study it, means martyr. And um, it actually didn't get that meaning until, I don't know exactly when, but when it first, the word where it first came, witness didn't fully mean that. It just meant more of like a mouthpiece. But then these witnesses for Jesus became martyrs, and so it kind of changed in its meaning. But really, witness is just being bold. It's being bold. And then when you read the book of Revelation, I think it's Revelation 5, it says that Jesus was the faithful witness. He was our faithful witness. And when we have the Holy Spirit on us, we emulate his heart. We walk in that same, we, we, we um, walk in that same path. We become a witness for him. Acts 1.8 says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I think in the past, this church, the big C church, 
has kind of taken on the fact like, man, if God wants me to speak witness, he'll give me a really big sign or I'll just use my actions. You know, actions speak louder than words and they'll just see me. And there's like a quote by Francis Assisi. I don't know if you've heard of him, but it says, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. But actually that's not scriptural. Guess what? The apostles used a lot of words constantly. You can't preach and proclaim if you don't use your mouth. That's actually really impossible. And preaching and proclaim is done less up here and more out there. You are God's mouthpiece. And God has called you to be a witness. If you've encountered his presence, that's what a witness is. You know, when a witness is on a stand and it's front of a judge, it's witnessing. It's saying everything it's seen. That's what you're saying to the world. You're saying, I've seen God do this. I've seen God heal me. I've seen God set me free. I've seen God deliver me. I've seen God do this in my church family. Share. It's like sharing what God has done. It's declaring the works of God. And like Pastor Mael said, you know, God did so many miracles at the conference this weekend. And I just encourage you, don't be silent. Share what God has done with your family, with your spouse, with your coworkers, with other people in the church. There's power in our testimony that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That, that's what brings power and life change. And the cool thing is that God directs us on where to witness, that God leads us, the Holy Spirit. He gives us the words to say, and he directs us where to go. If you study the disciples, they didn't all go to this. They didn't like travel, like all 12 of them. No, they like dispersed. They went out because he wants to send us out into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, saying like, I have a specific place for you to go. I have a specific area of Portland for you to reach. I, have a, I positioned you in a specific neighborhood at a specific school with specific people that he is going to lead and guide you. And he's going to even guide you to, like, maybe the Lord's going to put on your heart, I want you to go to this gas station or I want you to go to, you know, this Walmart or wherever you shop. Like he wants to lead you. I'm, there's a story of a guy at our church and he was praying and he was saying, God, send me out. We had kind of given a challenge to our staff and our college students. Hey, be praying and asking God to give you a specific like vision or put on your heart of someone specific that you should go pray with and share the gospel. And so this individual, his name Mikewan, he went through our college and now is on staff and he's been he was been praying and he's like, Lord, I just pray that you would use me. I pray that you drop in a name in my heart. I pray that you would send me somewhere this week. And God told him, I want you to go to Walmart. And he said, I want you to talk to a girl named Kim. He's like, okay. Kim, Walmart. So he goes to Walmart, and he, he's, like, needing to return something anyway. And he's like, hey, is there a Kim who works there? And they're like, yeah, actually, there are several Kims, but none of them are working right now. They're like, this person's, there's Kims that are going to come in this afternoon. And he's like, okay, I'll be back at Walmart. So he's, like, three hours later, comes back to Walmart. He goes to, like, a checkout area, and he's like, uh, is there a Kim here? They said she'd be back around 1 o'clock. And they're like, there's a Kim actually in the dressing room area, like she uh, oversees that area. And he's like, okay. He, at the time, he's like, God, I don't know what you want me to tell her, but I just know I'm supposed to be obedient and find a Kim. So he walks over to the dressing room area, and he's like, hi, ma'am, is your name Kim? And she's like, yes, why? <laughs> she like thought he like needed help with something, and he's like, I, I, I don't need help with anything. He just said, God sent me here. He put your name on my heart. He sees you. 
and he knows what you're walking through. And I want to pray for you. She rededicated her heart to the Lord and the the Walmart. Isn't that so awesome? It was all because he was like, God, use me as your witness. God, use me. Use my mouth. There was action and then there was word. And I believe that God wants to do that. He wants to anoint us. He wants to send us out. That he wants to speak to us. God still speaks. We just have to, yes, amen. He still speaks. Honestly, he speaks all the time. He's constantly speaking. And I I believe that he wants us to be sensitive to his spirit and say, God, send me. Where do you want me to go? And that he's going to give you the words to say. I love that. That God doesn't just send us out, but he actually gives us the words to say. You don't have to be afraid about what to say. You don't have to be afraid if, I will, if you'll have the answers, if you'll know how to, like, oh, oh, I'm a new Christian, I don't know. Oh, no, it's the power of God in you. It's not you speaking. It's the Lord speaking through you. You know, Jesus said, I only speak what my Father tells me to speak. And that was because he was close. He was so close to the Father. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. It links us. The Holy Spirit gives us direct access to the throne room of God. So it's like a mouthpiece. It's like not a mouthpiece. It's like an earpiece. Have you ever seen someone with an earpiece and it's like telling them what to say? You know, it's like say this, say this, say this. Um, that's, like, that's like the Holy Spirit. Isn't that so cool? It's like, that's like the Holy Spirit, what he does for us. Like someone, you're like witnessing and you're like, I don't know, I don't know. And then you start saying things and you're like, Oh my goodness, like Vivian, who came with me, she's so awesome. She works on staff with me. She was sharing like this weekend how God totally gave her an opportunity to encourage someone. She's like, Savannah, I don't even know how I was saying these things. Like it was the Holy Spirit working through me. That is what God wants to do. He wants to flow through you. He wants to work through you. He wants to anoint you to speak his word, to send you out. That you don't have to be worried or anxious about what to say. You just have to be available. And say, God, fill me with your spirit. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Lead me and guide me where you want to go. So not only does the Holy Spirit give you a power for boldness, a power to witness, but it's a power also to demonstrate the supernatural work of God. The supernatural work of God. The Apostle Paul says this in in Corinthians. He says this to the Corinthian church. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. Okay, talk's good. We just talked about that, how that's good. It is living by God's power. If we just talk about God, we're missing the whole picture. We're missing the whole picture. If we just tell the goodness of God and just share the goodness of God, that's important. But really, when God moves, it's demonstrated through the power of his word being spoken and signs and wonders. Jesus still heals, right? Do you believe that? Jesus sets people free. Jesus restores. Jesus redeems. There is nothing that God can't do. He's not limited by any situation. God can heal someone of cancer. God can raise the dead. God can set someone free of drug addiction in a moment. In a moment, I was at a, a women's conference. We just had, we had a women's conference, and we prayed for healings, and we prayed for deliverance, and there was a girl there, and she was, she didn't know this, but she was, like, surrounded by two, like, in her section sitting, there was, like, two nurses and other people, but two nurses there, and uh, there was a prophetic word for someone who had battled drug addiction, and she raised her hand, and she was like, I'm believing for freedom. Those nurses prayed over her, 
And within five minutes, she was filled with the Holy Spirit and she was set free of drug addiction. And they watched her go through every single stage because they've watched a drug addict come off drugs. Every single stage of detox of drug addiction. She stood up on her feet and she said, I've been set free. I don't want any drugs. God has totally set me free. Isn't that amazing? Like that is so cool. But that's the power of God. And he worked through them. He worked through the believers that were praying for her. And I believe that God wants us to not just share about him, but he wants to demonstrate his power through us. That he wants us when we're out and about to say, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, like I see that you're, your leg's injured. Can I, can I pray for you? Because I believe that God can meet us in this subway or that God can meet us in this Subway's a restaurant. I don't know if you guys have it. You probably do, but you have way better places to eat than Subway. Um, we need more better food. But God, you meet us in this really great quarter cafe. But the truth of the matter is God can meet, meet you anywhere. And I think we can think, ah, oh, could God really work through me to heal people? It's his power working through you. It's not you healing people. It's the power of God healing people through you. You know what Jesus said to the disciples? This is like his mandate to the disciples, not just to preach the word. Sometimes we get just like, you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's important. But Jesus also said this, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. We've received his power. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you receive the power of God, and you can freely give it. Because it's not, it's not yours. You're giving what you have received. You're giving it to the world around you. And that is what's going to change the world. When they see the power of God demonstrated, when they see his power demonstrated, the world we live in is lost, it's broken, it's looking for something real. And you can't deny a miracle. You can't deny a healing. There was a guy who came to our church, and he, um, we've just been seeing so many miracles and I know we're seeing it here and all over. It's so awesome. But in the past two and a half years, we've seen over 3,000 people healed. Well, written testimonies of 3,000 people. It's like unreal what God is doing. And it's all glory to him. There was a guy who came, and he was not a believer. And he came to church, and we have prayer for the sick during, during the worship time, before the message. And we have just people lined up to pray for those who are sick, and we invite those who are sick to come forward. He's not a believer. But he had really major back pain. And he's like, I'm going to give this a try. <laughs> okay, let's try this out. <laughs> he comes forward. He gets prayed for, and he senses the power of God go through his body. After he's prayed for, the people are, like, talking to him, like, sir, are you saved? And he was like, no. And they're like, do you want to get saved? And he said, bleep, yes. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> he's like, if God can do that, I want to know him. You know, it's the power of God that causes people to be like, you know what, if God can do that for you, if God can do that for me, then I want to know him. It's the power of God demonstrated. And that's what God wants to do through you and I. The apostles, they saw that. All throughout the book of Acts, you see signs and wonders coupled with people coming to know Jesus. It wasn't just, oh, signs and wonders, miracles, miracles, miracles. No, every time a miracle happened, people came to know Jesus. The gospel spread. Acts 5, 12 and then 14 and verses 14 and 16 say this. The apostles were performing many miracles, signs, and wonders among the people. More and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, six people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that people's shadows might fall across some of them as he went by. As, as the apostle Peter, you know, 
Let me read this over again. Sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went out. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. The church is growing, and signs and wonders are happening. It's connected. It's connected, and I believe that you are seeing that happen here. I believe that God's going to do more of that, and as he moves, the church is going to grow. I, I was, like, looking up in the balcony, and I believe you're going to, like, this, this church is about to explode. It's about to explode. You know how it's going to happen? It's going to happen through you. It's going to happen through you saying, God, use me to be a builder of the church. God, fill me with your spirit. God, send me out. God, demonstrate your power through me. He's calling you just like he used the apostles, the prophets. He's calling the people of Portland Christian Center to say, are you ready to build my church? Are you ready to spread the word? Are you ready to see my power demonstrated through you? And if you are, I'm ready to send you. If you are, I'm ready to fill you. He's just waiting for us to be hungry and say, God, fill me with more. Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been praying for the Holy Spirit. I believe today God wants to give us a fresh outpouring. He wants to give us more today so that we can see him move more in and through us. Can we all stand right now? I just want to pray a prayer, a blessing over you. And then we're going to have, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward at this time too. And we want to really pray. We want to take time to pray for that more. Because what did the disciples do? They waited. They waited to receive. It was so valuable and so important that they didn't just rush out and say, okay, God, you've given me this mandate. I'm going to go. No, they're like, God, before I can be used by you, I have to have more of you. God, I want a fresh anointing. It's your power. And I believe that God wants to give us a fresh anointing today. That he wants to pour out his spirit on every single person, front to the back, left to the right, down front, up in the balcony. God sees you, and he wants to pour out his spirit upon you. I'm going to read Isaiah 61. I read this at the conference, but I believe also I want to read it today. This is what Jesus said over him, but it was really a prophecy over us as people, his, his followers. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I believe that God wants to pour out His Spirit upon you today. Can we just all lift up our hands ready to receive? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for this beacon of light. I thank you for every person here today, God. And Lord, we're asking for a fresh outpouring from heaven. I pray it'd be as if you open the windows of heaven over this church. God, I pray that you would rain down. And God, like you filled the apostles with your power, God, that you would fill this church, God. And Lord, just as you used the apostles, Lord, to turn the world upside down, I pray that you would use this church to turn Portland upside down, to turn Oregon upside down, God. Lord, we know that's your heart. And so, God, we say, here we are. Fill us, God. Fill us with your power. Fill us, Lord, to, with your boldness, God. Lord, let us be your mouthpiece, Lord. You do signs and wonders through us, God. We're hungry for you. God, we want more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to open up 
the altars. You can come forward for prayer. We just want to pray over you. If you're hungry for God, step forward. There's something powerful in having other one, other people agree with you, and then we're going to worship. So let's just continue to invite the presence of the Lord here. He's here. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.